and welcome to the Choose Love Podcast. Today we have with us special guests, Danielle Matthew and Dr. Eve Goldstein, who are both therapists helping people deal with post-COVID stress and working to provide essential tools to support students and teachers. Danielle, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Sure. I am Danielle Matthew, and I am a licensed therapist here in Los Angeles. I'm a bullying expert, and I am the author of The Empowered Child, How to Help Families, uh, Children Cope, Communicate, and Conquer Bullying. And I work a lot with adolescents, and right now I'm seeing a great deal of anxiety and depression in our community. And so I've teamed up with Eve. Dr. Goldstein to be able to do some more work on social and emotional learning skills and also helping our teachers because I see bullying starting up again and I'm aware that I need to get involved, but this is a bigger powerful thing right now because bullying is sort of an aspect of the bigger problem we're dealing with, which is really kids getting back to school and what that's going to look like and how we're going to function. And so I'm really concerned about that on top of bullying. So I look forward to having um, many experiences of being able to share my knowledge with our communities. Absolutely. And uh, Eve, Dr. Goldstein? So uh, my name is Eve Goldstein. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and a learning specialist. So I've taught in the schools as well as um, been working with um, kids outside of school for the last 25 years. Um, I have bi-coastal practices in Scarsdale, New York, and in Calabasas, California. And um, my specialty is really the intersection between education and mental health, hence SEL. And um, uh, again, like I had said earlier, Danielle and I are really interested in making a broader impact because we see the need and really want to make a difference in our communities. And that's how we originally came together was we were doing um, some work in our local community, talking about social media, bullying, depression, anxiety, family supports, things like that. And now um, we're kind of expanding that and trying to take it to the next level in in getting more, um, more involved in training our teachers because they see 50 million children every day. So if we can help our children, our, our, our children through our teachers, our we'll- most precious asset. That's right. right. That's right. That's I love the way you put that. That's exactly. Sorry, I just had to say that. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, we all need to step up and really make sure that our teachers are being taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that they have the tools to help support their children that are in the classroom. And they feel that they are their children, too. Yes. Um, and the idea that they have to make up two years of curriculum is unreasonable. Because there is no way to make up two years of curriculum. What really needs to happen right now is to make 
the communities come together, feel good, feel comfortable, feel ready for learning, feel like they have a shared experience of many students who were isolated and didn't have friends throughout the pandemic, whose world got smaller, who felt like they couldn't focus and and manage their schoolwork. Even strong students who were, you know, your AP straight A, who really struggled. They're carrying all of this failure, this anxiety, this isolation in with them. And this is where we need to start. We need to start by helping them chronicle what their experiences have been, sharing it together so that they can recognize that they are not alone and that there are people who are out there who do care and will listen, which is just what your son needed. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just needed somebody to, to, to acknowledge his, his grief. And I, and I know that it didn't happen because there was a lot of fear and easily be overcome with knowledge Um, We created a program called Choosing Love in Our Brave New World in COVID um, that directly addresses where kids and educators are um, and and focuses on um, helping them, as you said, you know, what the priority has to be um, on the mental, physical and emotional health of our educators and our kids. So we have to start there. We can't burden ourselves by worrying about um, the the, uh, catching up of academics. Um, Yet, unfortunately that is, and I I loved when you said, um, it's just not possible. So we have to shift our focus to something else. And, uh, and, And by the way, not catching up on academics is not going to harm or kill a child, um, but lack of social and emotional intelligence, yes. coping skills might. That's right. And we really need to help support our teachers for asking for help because that's the other piece of why we created what we did is we want them to feel like they can ask for help. We want them to feel like their needs are getting met and that they're cared about as the first responders. Cause you're right, if we don't have that in play and they don't feel comfortable and safe and all this pressure on them, they're never gonna be able to be present in the way we want them to be with our kids. We have two great projects that we've been, uh, that we've been working on really to help support uh, kiddos related to post-COVID uh, stress. And one is an e-course, a mental health e-course for teachers. And one is a training course that we put together to really help support post-traumatic growth for, for students. And I, they're great projects. And, and we're really just dedicated to doing this because we've, in our offices, have been seeing such distress that we knew we needed to step out and do something broader. And um, so we're excited to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I, this is a really tough time. I have also been traveling yes. to multiple states. And I, I think that it what amazes me is that after 18 months, I think, or more, 
I think that maybe it's the expectation. Like we don't have the answers right after 18 months. That's right. Um, we're, we're not organized around a solution. We still, there are more questions than answers. And I think that what I've seen that has been really difficult for teachers, because I'm usually there before the, this year, I've been there before school starts and the teachers yeah. are just coming back. And, you know, there was the expectation that, you know, if we get vaccinated, we can come back and, and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to have our year. And I know the kids are having that same expectation and, uh, and they're coming back to school and they're, they're being faced with new CDC guidelines and all of these rules and regulations. And it's disheartening to them. I can see it. I can hear it in their questions. And, uh, and, and, you know, there, there was even, you know, our, our educators, our superheroes, our modern day superheroes. I truly believe this, but I heard it also in their voices, you know, this, in fact, one of them said, you know, what am I supposed to do with everything that I am coming back to school with? Mm-hmm. Am I just supposed to put it on a shelf and pretend like it's not there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so, you know, you said that you were seeing a lot of, um, stress in your practice, are you kind of seeing and feeling the same thing? Yes. Yes, I am. I am. I have a, and here's what also is happening. This is the new thing that I've had to unfortunately deal with is that kids come into my office or adults and then they get, they get exposed to COVID. So then I'm exposed to COVID after seeing my office. Yes. I've had it happen twice to me. So what did I have to do? Unfortunately, I had to shut down back to my office and not do in person. And I'm worried for the children because they really need that connection. And I'm worried about them. I have one who has a struggling eating disorder right now. That's what she's come out of COVID with. And so she really needs in person. So I've been seeing a lot of this in kids and then they're trying to find their way, parents trying to find their way, and even young adults trying to find their way. And it's hard because like you said it beautifully, no one knows, right? No one knows what's actually gonna happen and how things are gonna play out. And so everyone's kind of just waiting and seeing and we're not used to that, right? Where we usually want a structure or guidance and this is sort of like coming as we can and trying to still be hopeful, you know, that the world is gonna get better. And I do believe that, I do, and I think- Well, I don't know how much the world is gonna get better as much as we are flexible individuals who are creative and can problem solve and and figure out and lean into, and this is where all the SEL comes into play, Mm -hmm. you know, lean into what our value sets are and how we can make clear, good decisions and not just stay in this state of anxiety, discombobulation, hopelessness, because you can make every day good. It depends on the outlook that you're choosing to have. Right. Right. So it says it's not dependent on if the world gets better. It's dependent on the skills, tools, and attitudes that you have. So it's how you thoughtfully respond right. to the world, um, regardless of what's going on in the world. And um, so, so tell us a little bit about your course and what that looks like and how you give kids those skills and tools. So we really talk about um, 
adolescents and how to help them really launch post-COVID using social and emotional learning skills, the life skills, as Eve was just saying, and that can give us a more hopeful future if they learn how to adjust, how real life works, and how the skills can really support them in that process. And we talk a lot about post-traumatic growth. We have a lot we talk about with launching and specific skills and how they can be used. Eve has done a beautiful job talking with acronyms that can be used for skills for kids and how that can help them launch with using these specific acronyms. And Eve can talk about one in particular. I think she's done a great job with that part of it and um, talked a lot about launching, as I said, and just also giving hope. What I love at the end of our presentation is we really give a sense of hope and what that looks like using these skills and how well that can help our children really launch and get into adulthood, especially during such a changing transitional time. And Eve, I know you can even expand on that more. And I'll just say before even Eve even yes. starts, yes. as you're speaking, I'm yes. I'm thinking, yeah, this is great for kids, but it's also necessary for their parents, uh, yeah. and us big kids, yeah. because yes. I know yes. as a parent, unfortunately, I didn't have these skills and tools. So I was very reactive and my yeah. kids saw me probably not making the great greatest choices and, you know, angry, uh, probably too angry at times. And uh, so I, I didn't have the skills and tools to be able to thoughtfully respond. So it's, I mean, I, I whenever I'm speaking to schools, I say, you know, kids, and then I'm like, but, but we're just kids, we're big kids, everybody needs this. And um, so yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I agree. You know, we always talk about how it really takes a village. And you talked about how the teachers are feeling stressed, how the kids are feeling stressed. We've talked about how the parents are feeling stressed. And the reality is that we need a full system that's bringing everyone together to really help support one another. Because the idea of self-care for parents, right? We need to put on our oxygen mask before we can help our children. Yeah. And um, our kids are growing up wiser because there are all of these fantastic skills that are available that are more um, accessible. Our teachers are our first responders. They're the ones who are seeing our, you know, our students and spending most of the day with them. I'm so thankful that most of them are spending it in person now. It makes such a big difference. Yeah. Um, it is challenging when they end up getting sent home uh, because of too many COVID cases. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of skills that SEL offers us that um, are so important because right now, if we just stay in this place of stress, then the response is usually either avoidance or some kind of somatic complaints or isolation uh, or the negative spirals of thinking. And instead, we can really empower one another as a full community to really step up and help and model and support the way in which we can look at decision making 
and choose how we're going to settle into each day. And that's why even I wanted to do this presentation, Scarlett, because we want to get out there and you're right. We want to empower the adults and help them with our adolescents. And that's why we want this message so importantly out there about, as you know, how important SEL, i.e. life skills are right now more than anything. I've said this before in interviews. I've said algebra is secondary right now. We are dealing with needing to get these kids back in a place where they can transition successfully and launch to adulthood. And they've been stymied, right? Maybe 15, 18 months, as we said, and haven't been able to move forward and grow. And so even I really feel very empowered to help the adults and the adolescents learn how to do that in a way that can feel good to everybody. And everybody throws around the words social and emotional learning. What do you guys mean when you say that? Life. Well, um, we really take the five different domains that are set out by Cassell around social emotional learning, um, responsible decision making, social awareness, relationship skills, um, self management, and self awareness. Mm -hmm. And within those domains, we teach practical skills and tools that can be used in the classroom um, or in sessions with, um, you know, school personnel or school counselors or even, you know, in private practice scenarios where basically we, we want to equip children with the tools that they need to feel really comfortable, confident, successful in their day. And we want yeah. the- And out on the playground, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. everywhere, That's right. at home, You're right. Right. video That's games. Right. I mean, right. everywhere, yeah. Yeah, because this is the time now, right? Because you have the, let's take the adolescents, they're going through close to going to college, right? They're all getting ready to get there. And how are they going to do it? Using these skill sets, I am amazed, even with my junior high, high schoolers, how they learn to advocate for themselves, how mm -hmm. they learn to use responsible decision-making skills. Mm -hmm. And I have some great examples where I'm so impressed because they're already on that continuum to really get there successfully. And even I do a lot of that work in our own practices already, but I am such a believer and supporter of this, especially right now, because we are in such a changing time that these skills are so important that we teach and help everyone feel we have some guidance to give to support our communities. Well, it's interesting that you say right now, because we are where we are yes. right now yes. with highest ever levels of suicide with kids younger and yes. younger, yes. highest ever level of deaths by drug overdose, overdose. Uh, highest, highest levels of injurious behavior at least of bullying and violence. And it's not like we don't know about these issues. Um, we had a, we had a super pandemic, you know, I think about the actual numbers in this, the COVID pandemic. Yes. So we had a super pandemic of loneliness right. before we entered COVID. Right. And, and because we have been focusing on grades and test scores, mm -hmm. um, yep. we, we have not, we don't have a society <laughs> that has the coping skills and the yep. social and emotional right. intelligence to be able to manage uh, what is going on today. I mean, I mean, 
bottom line is our brains aren't even designed to have access to global information 24 seven. We are not meant to follow the destruction of hurricane after hurricane and then uh, uh, follow Americans being left behind in Afghanistan and killed. And then uh, the trajectory of COVID in which states and uh, and then including what's going on in our own lives, we're not, our brains can't handle that information. So uh, we, we have to have skills and tools, especially now. But then you look and you see where everyone is and, and, and simply <laughs> it, it's, it's not hard to figure out why, why all of these issues have risen to a crescendo. It is because we do not have the social and emotional intelligence to handle them. You are not, if you are, if you have social and emotional intelligence, you are not going to pick up a gun and kill someone. You're just not going to do it. Right. And to your point in the communities right now, what I am seeing, if we go to the bullying aspect as well, is that what's happening is vaccinated versus unvaccinated people. There are lines being drawn in the sand significantly where what's happening. I just heard about a a family that this happened to recently and they've been, the boys have been friends since they were little and one family wasn't vaccinated and then kids got COVID at a sleepover and guess what ended up happening. And this is, this is a general situation I'm seeing across the board. I'm just using this as one example. Parents didn't want to talk to that family. They were getting bullied. The kids who've been friends since they were little boys now we're being split apart. So to your point, here's what we've got to really be careful about. Wow, that's crazy. We've got to be careful because the kids still need their relationships. And so here's what was happening is the parents were having their viewpoints and the decisive divisiveness was happening. So what about the boys? In just this one situation, what happens to them and their relationships? They've grown up together. And so we have to find a happy medium, I really feel strongly, because we can't let these relationships go to your point. Our suicide rates have been higher, our connections. So we have to really- Skyrocketing, not just high. I know, you're right. You're absolutely right. But here's part of what's happening, and Eve can speak to this as well, is there's a divisiveness going on. And so we are forgetting as the adults how it impacts our children and our adolescents, especially right now, given we can see them in person again. So that's just one situation where bullying happens and the parents were hysterically upset about it. And masks versus not wearing masks, being able to go out and do things with your friends. There's a lot of stuff in our communities going on that's extremely divisive right now. So here's the problem. The problem is, and Scarlett and Danielle, you're focusing exactly right. I mean, overwhelmed by media, overwhelmed uh, by not really creating a strong sense of self because you're constantly comparing on social media, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Issues around bullying and divisiveness in all of our systems, whether it's political, whether it's social. And yet we all know the answers to these problems, right? And I mean, we can give list upon list upon list that shows all of these problems and really focus on the despair of the situation, but that's not going to get to our solution. That's right. 
We all know what the problems are. We aren't, we don't know what the solution is. We need to be talking more about these skills and about social emotional learning and about building socially intelligent children. If you build socially intelligent children, it doesn't make a difference as much from a curricular standpoint because they're going to learn how to problem solve. They're going to learn how to organize. They're going to learn how to be successful. They're going to feel good and confident. They're going to rise up. They're going to become our leaders. And that is why it's so important. And um, after a number of months in the pandemic, Danielle and I were getting so many calls. I mean, normally, honestly, I uh, try not to work full, full time. I have a family and I really want to balance out my, my family time mm-hmm. with my work time. That's putting and, your mask on first. Right. <laughs> and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't continue to say no to all of these distressing situations that were coming across my phone calls and yeah. uh, across my desk. And um, I've been working full time and really trying to do as much as we can. And Danielle and I started talking and she was also, I mean, working crazy hours, really trying to help as many people. And we said, we need to do more. We need to be more impactful on on a broader basis. And so we really came together with two different ideas. One was to create this talk, this seminar around the response to COVID-19. And it's about how do we launch adolescence with social emotional learning? And it provides a lot of these tools for teachers and it explains ideas around uh, the difference between post-traumatic growth and resilience, which are two different models. And, you know, there are those 35% of teens who are naturally resilient, but what about the other 65%? right? We need, we need to help them as well. And the second piece that we also did was uh, we teamed up with a number of other professionals to create um, Team Project RISE, which is, uh, RISE stands for Recognizing and Improving Supports for Educators. Because again, we see that our educators, like I said, are our first responders. And we created an e-course around post-COVID stress that really addresses issues uh, around what they're going to see and how they can help in the classroom their students with, who are presenting with anxiety, depression, inattention, disruptive behaviors, because all of this is escalating right now. Mm -hmm. And um, we all, again, we do have a lot of the answers if we can focus more on these mental health trainings, on this social emotional learning. And um, we started by advocating for mental health training, mandatory mental health training across the country. We spoke to representatives and senators all over the country. They thought it was a great idea. And then when we started talking about the practicality of passing legislation, they were like, well, we might be able to get something in for 2023. Well, the problem is we're in 2021, right? We need to start 
with where we are now, which is why we ended up going ahead and creating right. this e-course for educators. And, and the nice part about it is it's under an hour. So if teachers want to do it, it's not giving them so much, like they're already having all these other trainings, I think seven hours worth that they have to complete. This is under an hour and each section is probably 10 minutes or under. And we really talk about what it is, what it looks like in the classroom, and what can you do? Because a lot of teachers were feeling, and we took some surveys, they didn't know what to do going back after COVID. How were they going to handle what they saw in the classroom? What was that actually going to look like? And so we want to support them in helping our children know what to do and then when to refer to the school counselors, you know, because things are looking, even as we've talked about today, much more intense than previous COVID, before COVID. Absolutely. I, I would love to take that training because I would love to introduce that um, through this podcast to our educators um, and, and you know, be able to feel good about advocating for it. I know you guys um, know what you're talking about. And, uh, and I love that you are also addressing the educators as well as the students because they're the ones modeling this for the kids. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so how do you get, this is, this is a question like really from me, <laughs> um, people who are not prioritizing our children's mental health, um, maybe not even their own. Um, how do you get that? You know, there's this crazy, um, statistic that I just heard that people are more likely to follow through on getting a prescription for their dog, a medical prescription for their dog, and then following through on the dosing than they are for themselves, like 50% more likely. Um, so, you know, I think that we're not used to in our society, as you said, taking care of ourselves. Um, it's considered selfish, or we think that it is, uh, and we need to, but because of that, I think um, that translates down to our kids as well. It's not that we don't take care of them. They need us to take care of ourselves That's right. so that they can learn to do it. So, so how do we, in this current environment, by the way, which is filled with fear, let's just face it, um, we have we have an anxiety super pandemic, because I don't know the word that's above pandemic. <laughs> um and Very true. when when you've got educators right now that are focused on really loss of learning because they're thinking, OK, uh, you know, the kids were out of school last year. I have to it's my responsibility to make up all that loss of learning. How the heck am I going to do that double time this year? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm feeling like this. Um how how do we say, uh, you know, we know because we know the science behind social and emotional learning that actually, and by the way, how brains work, um, everything going through a trauma filter, having to regulate first, this goes for educators too, um, and then relate and then think. So it's like when you're in that state of anxiety, you can't even learn anyway. Um, so this is almost like, you know, focusing on social and emotional learning is a necessity to even get the kids to where they can be present and ready to learn. That's right. But how do we 
had other than like you know conveying this message through speaking and and the podcast that we're going to release together um how do we get people to understand that this has been something that i've been trying to do for nine years i think that's a very good point and one of the things that i always start with before we go into everything else is self-compassion because here's the thing there everyone is feeling pressured right now and feeling like they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders yeah so how do we and i you will be so surprised when i talk to my clients about life is messy people are messy but it's okay and we have to accept things and move on and be compassionate with ourselves that's the first step to then being able to go okay now what can i do i can't be so hard on myself as you said the fearing right oh my goodness and we have to be really yeah. more open to treating ourselves better as human beings. And I, I have found this across the board, and I'm sure Eve has as well. We're not compassionate people with ourselves when we talk about self-care, right? We aren't compassionate. We just think we have to just do it. But if we don't stop and smell our own roses and really look at what we can do to be more to nice to ourselves and kind, we're never going to get to these other levels and be able to do all these things with social and emotional learning. I also feel that you need to start at your local level, yeah. right? I mean, I know that we want to change the face of, uh, you know, education across the country and really get it in every single school. And, and but we need to start in our own environments and then build out from there and hope that that message then spreads and continues to spread. We're fortunate that now we're in a place where we can do more zooming across the country. And, um, you know, Danielle and I are speaking at a number of conferences that are, um, you know, being hosted that way. But uh, tomorrow we're uh, talking at the Wellness Together conference and uh, which is all about student mental health also. But basically it's really, um, we, we, if we can make small progress in our own areas and we have enough people, just like Scarlett, you've got your little, your ambassadors all over. I love it. Which yes. is fantastic. Right. I mean, that is the way to spread the message. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's the whole premise of the Choose Love movement. And you reminded me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that you're right. It starts with us. It starts with us. And I've seen the Choose Love movement go into a school where only one educator brought it into her classroom. And within three months, it had spread throughout the district. So you're right. It starts with us. That's incredible, Scarlett. It is. It is. But, you know, those of you listening, if what we're saying makes sense, and you want this uh, not only in your home and for yourself, which I can say, you know, I started studying social and emotional learning and learning these skills and tools myself as a 44 year old. And my life is exponentially better despite all of the tragedy that I have lived through, not just Sandy Hook. And uh, I, you know, it's given me skills and tools to manage all of that and find joy, which is incredible. So, you know, if you want this for yourself, um, it's there. And then if, you know, if I had known about this, <laughs> I would have made sure my schools had comprehensive programs. I would not have stopped because it's the number one way to have a safe school. Um, 
And so, you know, you advocate for it in your school, you can advocate for it in your community and you get, it's, it's a beautiful thing because it gets everyone on the same page. Um, but it's really, really important over the course of nine years, I have, you know, I took my part of the responsibility for what happened in Sandy Hook. I'm part of the community and I live here and I wanted to be part of the solution. And I've been advocating for this solution for almost nine years now, if there was a better one. (laughs) And sometimes I even say, if I'm speaking with a group of experts, I'm like, you know, if somebody has a better idea, raise your hand. And I will get, I'll drop this and get behind it because <laughs> I want to be part of the solution. I have never heard of a better idea and no one's ever raised their hand. Well, yeah. Right. And I'll tell you that um, in, as part of our team project rise, we have a 37 year veteran teacher who has taught in California and Connecticut and Massachusetts and Colorado she has never been offered a mental health training in 37 years, 37 years. Yes. And even <sighs> this year, she just said she has like, I think seven hours of trainings to complete by October and not one even coming back after COVID has anything to do with mental health or COVID nothing. And, you know, you say mental health and there's such a huge stigma around that. And I, and I know that there's fear too. Uh, And I know this because of our experience when my older son went back into school Mm -hmm. and everyone thought that he might have some mental health issues. And so they tried to stay away. No one, no one from seventh grade to 12th grade asked him if he, how he was doing. Mm -hmm. And, and so therefore he felt like nobody cared about him. And I was like, oh my gosh, how can you say that? You know, you, you get more time on tests. You, you get a place to go if you, you know, if you need time and, and, you know, they're, they're like, I see the accommodations that they're making for you and nothing I could say could convince him that anyone there cared for him. And that's a tough thing to think that nobody cares. Um, and then the president of the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross foundation, um, the founder of grief therapy said, oh, I know why nobody's had the courage to validate his grief. And that was the truth. Mm -hmm. And that comes with training and the understanding that it's not just him that's grieving (laughs) and it's not about having the skills and tools. It's about having the courage to be with somebody and, and communicate and, and, and actively listen. It's not even about solving. It's about validating what somebody's going through. And all of this can be taught and has to be taught, especially with what people are going through right now. Yes, I absolutely agree. It's so important. That self-awareness is really what you're talking about. The game right. that. How do we gain that self-awareness? And that's one of our social and emotional learning skills is learning self-awareness. And it's so surprising sometimes because we want to help our teachers with that, which is why we created the training and our seminar, because we want to help teachers and we want to help kids and adults really learn how to do that effectively. Because I am hopeful that we can use these skills to really help our future make it best as we can, given the world and what it is right now. I love Scarlett that you said, show me something else, show me something better. (laughs) And and here we are. But again, 
we have the answers. And that's one of the things, you know, I mean, if we take the time to individually look within ourselves and see what attributes we have of our own, right? Whether it's somebody who's a great organizer, somebody who's creative, somebody who can problem solve, somebody who's friendly, someone who's a great listener, somebody who's compassionate, all of these things. And then we start layering that against what we're facing. Mm -hmm. Then you have power. Yeah. So how do those listening who are interested in your programming, how do they get access to that? Well, we have, um, Eve and I have our own websites and we have on there uh, information about our program and our seminar. We are working on a flyer right now that we will have out soon regarding our um, seminar. And we actually have a, um, uh, we have a clip of a, tra a trailer for our Team Project Rise together as well that we are going to have on our website shortly for Team Project Rise to see the trailer and to view it to see if it's something of interest to other people in schools. That's great. We'll have links to all of that when we release this podcast yes. for sure. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's great. So, um, you know, as we as we wrap up, is there any bit of wisdom that you guys can share with us as we are embarking on uh, the 2021-22 school year, um, some, some, something that we can focus on that can give us uh, some hope? I think, first of all, um, we need to take it a day at a time and recognize that within each one of us that we have, again, the power to make the day good. Um, that there's always choices that can be made and that this idea that we can cut through the overwhelming hopelessness that, that, that is there. Uh, the other is that there are resources out there, right? We're, we have Choose Love and all of their trainings. We've created a training we are available, that there are resources and places that you can reach out to where you can get help, both as a parent, as a teacher, as a student, that you are not alone. And um, that together, we will figure out what our new normal looks like, because this is it. And we can make this new normal a positive place for all, a place where we're coming together as, you know, friends in school uh, or, uh, you know, reach out and smile to the person that you don't know because you started high school last year and you weren't in school and just introduce yourself and say, hi, I'm Joe. <laughs> And, you know, that even just starting with a quick hello can make a big difference. And that teachers, you know, self-care, taking that deep breath and knowing that you're going to put forth the best that you can. And that when you're, we're all putting forth our best, that that in fact really is good enough. 
I, I like to quote an eighth grade teacher of mine, and I talk about this a lot in my book as well, is knowledge is power. And the more knowledge we have of social and emotional skills and what to do, we can make change happen. And it's so powerful. So that's where I think we are very hopeful for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like to say we're all out of our comfort zone <laughs> collectively, maybe for the first time in my lifetime. True. And when we're out of our comfort zone, it means we're in our growth zone. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you ask me, do you, you know, and I hear people say, I, I just want to go back to the way things were. I want to go back. And, and I think I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the way things were because because they weren't great. Uh, I want to make things better. Yeah. And we can together. I mean, we we have the formula. We have the solution. It's uh, just getting people to understand that um, to take a look, to try it out, to see for themselves, because yeah. even adults uh, that do choose love or that take your course, they, they know, they, they, they feel better. It gives them more control in their lives. They see that it enhances their relationships and uh, brings more meaning to their connections. They have more emotional management. Um, they're more present. They, they are more aware of things that are going on and they have a greater understanding uh, because they have more access to their prefrontal cortex where logic and reasoning reside. It's so phenomenal what this can do for individuals. And then, um, you know, and maybe that's the key getting into, uh, you know, the adults to try it out, uh, to, to not think we know everything we don't. Um, we can always improve and, and then model that for the kids. Um, just so incredibly powerful. I, I, you guys are like powerhouses individually and, and a superpower together. That's why I wanted you to be on the Choose Love podcast um, because I not only really liked you and, and you know, had, a, had an instant connection, but we really speak the same language. We have the same goals and I also knew that the programming that you guys are developing could be useful to our audience. And I always, when I hear of a great resource, I always want to help spread it. So um, I just want to thank you both for everything thank that you're you. doing. Thank We're, you. I'm so glad we've met. It, it's right. very nice to be able to team up with you, Scarlett. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm happy to. We'll stay connected. We'll continue working together and just... Thank you for what I consider to be choosing love yes. <laughs> yes. and creating your own ripple effect. And, uh, and uh, you know, your efforts are making the world a safer, more peaceful and loving place. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Scarlett. Yes. Thank you. Hey, hey, oh. It's all part of us. We can all choose love. It'll lift you up if you 